So uh, a new study came out, according to a new Gallup poll. 33% of Americans believe that UFOs have visited the Earth, and 16% of people say they have personally seen one. That is one out of every six people. Do you know that? Mm-mm. Are you a are you an aliens guy? <laughs> I don't not believe that we've never had aliens. So you're saying like there's a chance that like maybe at one point they visited the earth, like maybe not during our lifetime, but yeah, nobody can prove that they haven't. It's true. The same way nobody can prove that they have. That's fair. <laughs> Bubby, what do you think? That's that's interesting. I. I've seen enough TV shows and enough movies where I would say, you know what, maybe you're on to something. But I personally have not experienced any. Um, just wanted to share that with you guys in case you were wondering. But I think that, I don't know, you would want to hope that or believe that something's out there, right? Like, why would our our planet be the only ones with life? Yeah, that's fair. I, I've always, like, maintained the idea that if we are... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, at least, like, in our immediate surroundings, I feel like we're, like, the only major civilization. Like, when I, when you say, like, alien life, like, I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, weird, like, alien organisms, like, on another planet somewhere, you know, that may or may not even need oxygen, you know? Like, maybe, like, a, like okay. a centipede or, like, a weird fish or, like, even, like, you know, single-cell organisms. But in terms of, like, full-on, like, capable of, you know... Uh, interstellar flight like we are, you know, or I guess inter, uh, you know, space flight. Galactic? Yeah, not intergalactic. That's not really, I don't think we've been outside the galaxy. Uh, you know, but like in terms of like, you know, being able to send spacecraft from like one celestial body to another, I feel like we're like top of the, uh, of the list, at least. Of course you, know. you would say that. I, I would like to, I mean, I, I haven't seen, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm talking it's about probably, on behalf of Earth. Aliens on another planet watching us right now, like, look at these peasants. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's possible. Again, like, I, I, anything is possible, right? I, I've i always liked the idea that, like, you, you've seen, like, movies and stuff like that, where apparently, like, you know, the, the technology we have today is a result of, you know, kind of like Prometheus when he brings the, you know, fire to, to mankind, right? Uh, where... Other civilizations, intergalactic civilizations, have brought stuff to us, like in these movies, right? And that's why, or they come visit us, and they're super duper advanced. I've always liked the idea that we are the the pre, you know, uh, like the first civilization to be able to like to achieve stuff like that. Like we're like we're going to be the first to be able to go to different uh, different planets and, and stuff like that, and kind of like seed the rest of the galaxy with like living organisms. I think that'd be pretty cool. But I don't think that we're like, you know, what's what I'm looking for? I don't think we've got company in the galaxy. You know, maybe the universe. Universe is a big place. I haven't, I haven't seen all of it. You Yo, know, you're just you're you're you literally just like cut off our listeners. Like, how do you know there's not there's not people on the on different planets waiting for somewhat sports to drop? Well, because I, I look at the analytics the- for the thing, and I don't see anywhere outside of Earth. What's the time zone? Yeah, yeah. they can't be <laughs> It can't be tracked. Come on. You know. Are they like a week ahead of us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, not, I'm just not an aliens guy. I've never been the type of person who's, you know, who's thought that uh, we have, there's life on other planets. At least, like, not, like, intelligent life where it's, 
you know, someone who's, they've got like their own version of like, you know, vehicular transport and like, you know, even like sticks and stones. Like I don't think any, there's anywhere else in the galaxy that is, that is quite as advanced as we are. But again, it could be the American in me, you know, (laughs) saying like Earth's number one, Earth's number one, you know, could be, could be. So you're not an aliens guy, John? At all? Nah, man. I just don't believe in it. What can I do to make you believe? <laughs> Area 51. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it's a, I was looking at the thing here. This is a survey also found 68% of people believe the government knows more about aliens than it's telling us. So let me just play that again. <laughs> I love this music, by the way. It's a new addition to the podcast. All right, we can't overdo it. All right, no, it's, all right. <laughs> it's a new toy I'm playing with. But yeah, I just, you know, it's one of those things where I could see why, you know, people would say that with the whole Area 51 thing. You know, the government can sometimes be a little sketchy when it comes to uh, telling us what we need to know or what they feel like we don't need to know, you know, in other capacities. Maybe not from aliens, but. I don't think they're here. You see how hard it was for the X-Men to stay quiet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And stay to themselves. And that's basically, you know, historical fiction, you know. I feel like somebody would have popped out and got a picture by now. Yeah, I agree. And not those blurry pictures where you see like Like Sasquatch, like just, you know, Bigfoot in the woods. (laughs) Is that a really hairy dude? What is that? Let's send somebody out there to find out. How about those browns? (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's a good idea. Let's move on to the actual sports. Uh, My name is John Dennis. Uh, You can catch me overnight to 97.5 WPCV. Uh, Joining me in studio, John Williams. Mm, What's up? Good to see you. And uh, joining us via telephone, Bubby Johnson. What's going on, man? That's me dialing in. Hi, guys. <laughs> that was nice. That was good. Uh, so, uh, first order of business when it comes to the actual sports is, uh, are the Browns uh, toast? That's not, what I, that's, a, that's not what I what I wrote in my notes. Toast is brown. So. Oh, <laughs> That what? is a good one, my friend. First fact. What did he say? <laughs> Toast is brown. <laughs> if so, facto. Yeah. There you go. The browns, browns are toast. Are toast. <laughs> if toast is brown, or browns toast. <laughs> Golly, this is this is this show's gone off the rails very quickly. Okay, so the Cleveland Browns lose to the Tennessee Titans, who like for the last, you know few years at least have been uh middling to terrible right i mean they've got a couple of like playoff appearances at like nine and seven where they squeak in but like the last you know three or four years since they've gotten marcus Mariota, has been anywhere from seven and nine to like nine and seven right very mediocre and they demolished the browns 43 to 13 now a lot of that you know may be due to uh, penalties. They were not a very well-disciplined team. I think they had like 18 penalties for like 185 yards or something like that, which is a lot to say the least. But, you know, when you look at the the amount of talent that they have on the roster, we're talking to Odell Beckham coming to the team now. They already had Jarvis Landry, David Njoku gets another year in the system. Baker Mayfield gets another uh, year in the league. When you're looking at it, are you confident that the that the Browns will, will right the ship, or is this you know the the first bump in a series of bumps to coming down to reality? Bob, what do you think? I think the Browns are the perfect 
example of on paper. Right. On paper, they look really good. They should be really good. There's a lot of weapons. Especially at skill positions, Um, yeah. Yes, especially the skill positions. But once again, you know, we've talked about this before, I don't feel like they addressed needs. I feel like they just upgraded things that were already nice. You know, the Mm. Browns were a shack, and they had a decent kitchen, and now they just put better appliances in the kitchen. Wow. And they put, like, a, a nice backsplash in the kitchen. But the roof is still not up to par. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there were, I think they should have addressed issues that where they were weak, not where they were solid and make them better. And then also, I just, I just feel like there's too much going on. I mean, we, John Williams makes a great, great talk about how wide receivers, you know, star wide receivers never win Super Bowls, you know, and I'm starting to agree with him a little bit more now because there's just so much drama going on and, even the stupid watch thing that's just unnecessary. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot <laughs> going on with the Browns where I'm just like, man, you guys, on paper, you should be such a better team. And don't get me wrong, it's one game. Like, yeah, yeah no one game samples of the NFL are nothing to go by. Yeah, yeah. From what we've seen, I wasn't pleased. I wasn't – it wasn't the team that, that you know, people had led us on to believe they were. They are who, they, who we thought they were. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. The, uh, um, Delaney was it Delaney Walker? I think who was the who did the interview from the Titans? Yeah, it was Delaney Walker. Yeah, listen, yeah, that's that's not a hundred percent true. I don't believe that they Uh-oh. thought that the whole time. I think when you when you see who they have on that team, you got to expect a certain performance from that team. It's easy to say something like that after the game after you whooped them. Yeah, like we knew they were like this the whole time. Hold on, hold on, I got the. Against Grossman and two fumbles, what did you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way. No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just uh, let's, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. <laughs> we played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? <laughs> we played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That was Dennis Green uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, was that, 2009 or something like that? And then, uh, and then <laughs> Delaney that Walker, uh, you know, has his own things to We're say about the Browns. You know what I mean? Wait, this is just another game. We ain't worried about it. I'm going to tell you again, man. They were who we thought they were. Y'all can crown them if you want to crown them. Still got to play football. Simple as that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. They got so much hype. I mean, when you look at some of the uh, some of the beat reporters who are saying they were going to go, like, 10 and 6, like, I think the, like, they did a panel on, on you know, with the beat reporters how they thought the Browns were going to do this season. I think the, the lowest that they got for as, in terms of record on the season uh, was 10 and 6 from one of the beat reporters. Everyone mm-hmm. else had, like, 11 and 5, 12 and 4. Like, my goodness. Like, I understand, you know, and the Steelers took a step back. Obviously, we saw that uh, week one against the Patriots in primetime. But it's not, you know, it might just be a bad division. You know, I mean, the, the Ravens look pretty good. I'm not going to say the Ravens aren't a good team, especially since they demolished the Dolphins. We'll talk about that later. You know, but uh, people thought that the Browns were immediately going to come in and, and take the AFC North. And, you know, I, I, they got to play the game. <laughs> like, what, what team has ever made a turnaround like that to be that bad and to come back? Well, the, the Dolphins did it, uh, and this is speak, just speaking from my own personal experience, the Dolphins went, in 2007, went 1-15, and 
right? They had the one game they won thanks to uh, what is it, Cleo Lemon and, and Greg Camarillo, okay, in a long <laughs> OT bomb against the, the Baltimore Ravens. I think it was like week thirteen. They were uh, that, that happened. Um, it was one of the happiest moments I've ever had as a Dolphins fan because we went, you know, we avoided going zero and sixteen, which is sad. Anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> your Rams as well. I mean, like you know, last year obviously making it to the Super Bowl. The year before that, they went eleven and five. But the year before that, they were four and twelve. Right. Which, yeah, and and, know, so. and I was going to say the Dolphins. I think after that one and, and sixteen season went uh, eleven and five. I mean, th- thankfully, yeah. you know, uh, th- not thankfully, but thanks to the fact that. Um, that Tom Brady tore his ACL that season, and they had Matt Castle, but they still ended up going 11-5, uh, the Patriots did, uh, with Matt Castle <laughs> at the helm. Um, but they you know, they played, they, they won their division. It's the only time I think that a team other than the Patriots has has won that division since 2000. <laughs> Actually, I think the year 2000. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been quite the drought. But, you know, th- those turnarounds aren't necessarily uncommon, but but they were really bad for a long time. And, we're talking about like the Browns. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and thinking that they're going to go from what did they finish last year? Seven, seven and nine, seven, eight and one. I can't remember what they did, uh, but it was it was not good, right? And yes, they they have another year of Denzel Ward. They have another year of uh, of Miles Garrett. You know, they have they have solid pieces there. Uh, and and but Bobby mentioned and he he called it the roof. I'm going to call it the floor. It's like having you know that nice new kitchen, but your floor <laughs> is carpet. Okay, and it's disgusting. <laughs> that Wait, what's offensive wrong with carpet now in the, Not kitchen. the kitchen. <laughs> now, hold on you can't now. do anything in the kitchen that's with the kitchen floor is carpet. Okay. <laughs> and that's what that that's what that offensive line is. It's carpet in the kitchen. Okay, it's not good. It's not going to work. You're going to make a mess of things. And everything else might look good as long as you avert your eyes from that. But the utility using the kitchen is going to be terrible. And what's the name of the uh, of the coach for? Uh, for the Browns, it's Freddie Kitchens. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's I'm move. I'm really on. loving the sound effects. By Thank the way. you. You know, I don't think I feel like we get enough credit for that. Um, so, <laughs> uh, let's move on away from Browns talk, um, and let's talk about a team. <sighs> near and dear to my heart that is bad and that is the Miami Dolphins now uh, did did you guys get a chance to, to catch any of that game the Ravens uh, Dolphins game why would I the Ravens game I did get a chance to watch that and I'm sorry for, for your loss but I've been telling people that Lamar Jackson was going to take the next stride and I don't know if it's just because of how bad the Dolphins are or he just looked really, really good. That seems to be what, what everyone is saying right now. It's like, well, you know, the Ravens look good, but are they actually that good or are the Dolphins that terrible? And I'll tell you, uh, I think, I mean, it could be both. It could be both, but I just really think the Dolphins are that bad. I really do. Like, no, no disrespect to the Ravens. I think that Lamar Jackson has shown some improvement in the offseason. He worked on especially some of his throws to the outside, which I know he struggled in a little bit, and, uh, and making it a point to, to throw you know, deep down the field more often. Um, now that might be because of the fact that there were so many blown coverages uh, with the Dolphins and to give them the opportunity to throw confidently down the field. Uh, we made this guy a Hollywood Brown <laughs> overnight uh, sensation. I think he had like... I think four targets on the game or like four, four receptions on the game. Two of them went for like for touchdowns of like 
30 plus yards. It was insane. So, you know, I I just think that I don't think the Dolphins are going to do that. Uh, well, I say I won't, they won't do that again, but they play the Patriots this week, so I, I maybe shouldn't speak too soon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. I think I think the line. Lightly. Yeah, <laughs> I think the, the line right now has it like minus nineteen, which is like the most ridiculous point spread I think I've ever seen uh, in the NFL. And by the time you know uh, the weekend rolls around, it might be closer to like minus twenty or minus twenty one. Uh, so, which I, I don't care what it says uh, in that minus, you know, whatever. Uh, you take those odds. You take those odds. Uh, saying that the uh, the Patriots are going to beat the spread because, uh, again, the Patriots are a better team <laughs> than the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens look good, but the Patriots are a better team. And, and I'll tell you this, uh, the Patriots and Bill Belichick do not let up off the gas pedal, especially when they At play all. a division rival. Oh, They'll sit there and they'll just keep scoring touchdown after and, touchdown and after touchdown. And you guys beat the Patriots last year, so... They we did, they they did, long, but they beat them on a on a miracle play with you know some trickery and and, and laterals and all this and the other. I mean, they do play the the Patriots better at you know in Miami. I think out of the last six years, they've gone one and five uh, over the last six years. But do you want to hear a crazy stat really quickly? I'm sorry to cut in. No, go ahead. Do your thing. Uh, Tom Brady since I forgot what year it was. I believe it's 2013. Maybe he has lost as many games in Miami as he has in New England, in the regular season. That's how good they are at home. I believe it. And, it, and When I, was, I read that, I was like, there's no way this is, but it, it's a fact. Like, yeah, it's it's honestly, it's pretty insane how uh, how dominant they've been, and it speaks to how frustrated I am as a, as a fan <laughs> of the Dolphins. Uh, but it is nice that, you know, usually, at least the last couple of years, every time they go to Miami, they do uh, tend to do a lot worse. Um, but... I mean, if you if you're a type of person who likes to bet on games, man, get in on on this on this Patriots line, man. I'm telling you, like, I'm I'm speaking because I watched you know pretty much the entire Dolphins game against the uh, the Ravens. That team is so so bad, like so bad, and I wouldn't be surprised if they lose by four or five touchdowns again. They are that bad. Did you see what the players were crying out to their agents? Requesting, you know, I they say that that was unsubstantiated. You know, that he came out, I think it was uh, like Florio said that, that a couple of t- uh, players have reached out, uh, asking to, to be traded. And some Dolphins players have come out and said, Listen, if you want to get out of here, then get out of here. Like, we don't want you here. So that was that was refreshing to see. Uh, Xavier Howard, when you know, they asked him, like, because that came out, and I'm sure some people rushed to who you know, a lot of people consider to be the best player on the Dolphins roster who just signed that extension. And asked him, oh, are you one of the players that wants to be out? And he's like, no way, man. I got paid. I love it here. Yeah, I got paid is the <laughs> yeah, key. Yeah, exactly. Key I don't think he said it exactly like that. But, you know, that, that is essentially that's basically what the, what the thought process was, is he was, he was glad to be in Miami. I mean, could you really be that upset when you're paid that much and you live in Miami? Uh, you can't beat that. So that's, that's the thing. That's why I don't worry too much about this whole tanking business. Because, you know, players are going to want to come to Miami eventually, right? Like... 
free agent free agent wise you know obviously Jadavian Clowney you know notwithstanding uh, <laughs> who obviously didn't want to play in Miami but because he, he wanted to be competitive right away but I think that if you start building like a good core you know they have enough draft picks to kind of get it done you know if they can if they can hit on some of those I, I could see a situation where in in two or three years they're halfway competitive and then that'll that'll increase the free agency market I think in my opinion but we'll see uh, but do you guys think that the the, the Baltimore Ravens are, are the lead, are the you know clear cut favorites to win the AFC North now? I need to see more games. Yeah, I mean uh, one game sample size, sure. But I mean the Steelers look terrible, like terrible against the Patriots. You know, I, not I don't have that much room to talk because I'm a Dolphins fan. But I know I know garbage when I see it, and that was garbage. <laughs> and the Browns, I mean, the Browns have all the talent in the world. You know, like the Steelers, the Steelers are relying a little bit on uh, their recent success, having you know these guys and, and playing to a high level and always being playoff uh, competitive over the last couple of seasons. But I think that. James Conner, they saw James Conner, like, oh, he's, you know, he's really good. And they saw Juju Smith-Schuster and they thought, oh, he's really good. Uh, but that was while Antonio Brown was there. And Antonio Brown became the focus of other defenses. Now they don't have that perennial, you know, future Hall of Famer talent that they have to game plan for every week. So it kind of, you know, the Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, he's, he's a promising young guy, but he's not Antonio Brown. You know, he's not, he's not that, that caliber of player quite yet. And James Conner is not Le'Veon Bell either. You know, he's good and their offensive line is good. And that allows him the opportunity to showcase his athleticism. And, you know, he's got good vision and hits the hole well and he's fast, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. Like Le'Veon Bell is tremendous as an athlete, as a running back, and even as a, as a wide receiver, you know, when they put him out wide. So I... I had said that the Steelers, you know, were going to be potentially still pretty good before this offseason got started, but seeing how how bad they were week 1 again, again it's the Patriots, I understand. And it's still a long season, but they were a lot worse. I mean, scoring 3 points, that's a lot worse than I thought they were going to be. And again, one game sample, but I don't know. What do you think, Bubby? Like I didn't watch too much of that Steelers game. I caught a lot of the highlights um or you know, I, I got to see what the Patriots did. At least I don't right. want to call them highlights. It was kind of one dimensional. <laughs> but it's tough, you know. When Juju had a really good year last year, but once again, you know, he was he was the second guy. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting one on one coverage. You know, you're not getting a game plan against you. Right. James Conner, he's almost hitting what what we would call that sophomore season. You know, we've seen yeah. Todd Gurley do it. We've seen David Johnson do it. So, yeah, you had a great breakout year last year. You know, he played really well. Um, I think he's one of the toughest guys in the NFL, beating cancer and everything. Like, I, I love the guy. I have him on most of my fantasy teams. However, in your second year now, we can game plan. Mm-hmm. You know what you like to do. We've seen you. So now you have to prove it. Um, and then Ben Roethlisberger's getting older. You know what I mean? Like, he took a lot of, of the blame in his interview saying that he puts it all on himself. And I wouldn't put it all on him, but he is getting older. So, you lose some of your skill positions, your your star skill positions. You got guys stepping into those roles. You know, you got Moncrief, you got James, who, I mean, they're not like everything's a step down. Juju's a step down from AB, and then those guys are a step down from Juju as your as your second guy. So yeah, and Roethlisberger isn't getting any younger. Exactly. So, I mean, I, you know, if Cam's listening, I know he's gonna be really upset with me, and I and I apologize. <laughs> um, but no, you don't. I'm just and, and Maria as well because I know she's a, she listens as well. Yeah, but yeah. 
you know, I'm just not really sold on the Steelers. I need these guys to prove them. I like the Ravens to win it. They have a sound defense. Lamar Jackson now has, you know, you could load the box at first when he didn't have that deep threat because, you know, you would say that he can't really squeeze those passes in. Right. Now with Hollywood, being able to really get separation to beat people deep, you yep. gotta if you're if you're loading the box to stop Lamar's run, now he can beat you over the top. Right, and that's what the and Dolphins did. They ran a lot of cover zero against the uh, against the Ravens, where they, they would play single safety high, and then they would creep the guy uh, Bobby McCain oftentimes up in the box, and and they paid for it uh, a lot. You you can't do and and I've told people Lamar Jackson is an athlete, but uh, what happens a lot of times is you see someone and you want to just say that they can only do one thing. You want to tie them to that. Lamar Jackson may not be an Andrew Luck caliber thrower. He may not be a you know a Drew Brees, but he can get the job done. And his legs allow him to see different defenses. So right. what happens is if you if you load the box or if you try to stop the run, he's going to make you pay. And then on top of that, you you still got to load the box because now they have Mark Ingram, right, at running back. So. Mm-hmm. I, I really like what the Ravens did. They lost some guys on defense, but they went and got some some other big name guys as well who could still play. I think I like the Ravens to come out of that division. I think so too, and and I I don't think that the Browns are 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 going to be a dumpster fire this season. I know we we talked about you know their woes and stuff like that. I do think that they'll end up coming actually in second. Uh, I don't think that the the Steelers are going to be very good this year. I know, like I said, it's it's a one game sample size, but they got trounced by the Patriots, and the Patriots were without their best defensive player in a lot of respects, uh, or at least they're they're one of their better you know front seven guys in Kyle Van Noy. Um, so I. I don't think that the Steelers are going to be that good. Maybe, you know, they might get to eight and eight, nine and seven, you know, it might be competitive, but I still think that the Browns might uh, turn around and compete for that and still end up being the second uh, best team in the division. Now, whether or not uh, that'll work out to, uh, to an AFC wildcard spot, who knows? Um, but it, it remains to be seen. Uh, so I'd like to talk a little bit about basketball in some respects, but more along the line, because obviously basketball season isn't really going on right now. There is you know, international play, and we might get into that a little later. Uh, but I do want to talk about this piece that came out in the Wall Street Journal. Um, they had a, a piece on uh, Kevin Durant. It's called Kevin Durant's New Headspace, a little feature uh, in uh, the Wall Street Journal magazine. And he had some, uh, some interesting comments, uh, to, stay, to say the least. And one of them... Uh, which I thought was interesting, was how apparently he had planned on returning to OKC after playing uh, with the Warriors, but decided he wouldn't after going to Oklahoma City and receiving uh, the less-than-warm welcome uh, (laughs) he received from the fans uh, during that first game back uh, at Oklahoma City. Uh, To me, I mean, well, I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on it before I go ahead. So, John, what what do you think about this? I just think it was unnecessary. A little bit. (laughs) didn't think he um I, I don't know i don't know why is did someone ask him the question about about the warriors and all of this he said i'll never be attached to that city again because of that i eventually wanted to come back to that city and be a part of that community and organization but i don't trust nobody there uh that bleep must have been fake what they was doing, the organization, the GM, I ain't talked to none of those people, even had a nice exchange with those people since I left. Apparently, you know, because he felt such a, this is a quote here, such a venomous, toxic feeling when I walked into that arena. And just the organization, the trainers and equipment managers, uh, those dudes is pissed off at me, ain't talking to me. I'm like, yo, this is where we're going to go with it. We're going with this uh, because I left the team, went to play with another team. So those were his comments on it. What do you think? 
I think he like simplified what he did. I don't think it was is that like this was literally after this team just beat you and ended your season. Yep. And then you announced that you're going to that team. Mm-hmm. So of course it's gonna have put a sour taste in in people's minds. It's gonna be like you abandoned them, and out of all the people that you could abandon them for, you go to them. Exactly. And where are we where are we at now? So a team that was already loaded to begin with, right? You know. So that a separate conversation is whether that's the right move for him. He's allowed to do whatever he wants, but you can't. Like expect people to just be welcome in arms when you come back after you've done something like that. Yeah, I so, thought so too. So are they wrong for feeling that way? No. Is he wrong for leaving? No. But you know, you gotta you gotta understand like when you make decisions, everybody isn't gonna agree with you. So right, that's the reality of the situation. Bobby, what do you think about that? I mean, I I agree with you. You know, everybody's up to to make a decision. Everybody's okay to react however they please. However. For podcast purposes, I'll play devil's advocate. If you're sitting up here and you're telling Kevin Durant that you love him, you're such a fan, and you know how great he is, you you know what I mean? Like, the fans absolutely adored him while he was there. Um, when you start to treat him the way they do, it's not so much you love him, it's you love what he does for you. And I think that's a big issue for what a lot of the, the athletes go to, you know, you see athletes getting beer poured on them. You see athletes getting cursed at, getting shoved at when they fall into the fans, and they're treated as just like property. You know, they have an owner. They're they belong to a team. If you idolize Kevin Durant, then you idolize him as a player. The player is still the same. Whether whatever jersey he's wearing, he's still the same player. He may not be playing for you, and I understand you not have to be such a fan for him. But the disrespect and the booze and uh, you know. Just some of the things I think gets taken a little too far. Now, once again, I do agree with you guys. I think fans can react however they want. And, you know, he made the decision, one that I would not agree with. But, you know, I think on a, on a previous podcast, I talked about how I made a similar mistake with LeBron James. I was the biggest LeBron fan when he was with Cleveland. And because he left to Miami the way he left, I really stopped admiring all that he does. And I feel bad for it because he's still the same great player. And I right. feel like too many times as fans we do that. We we like fans we like players for what they do for us and for our teams instead of for their actual skills. So I mean I can kind of see LeBron I mean Kevin Durant's side and if I have to play devil's advocate I, I feel like I can make a case for him. But I would agree with you guys as well. Like would you how did you expect him to, to react? Yeah. You know? yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, there when you look at Fan and player interactions. The trend over recent years. I mean, obviously, you've had issues like Malice at the Palace and stuff like that, where it's just like you know, absolutely, like you know, absolute mayhem. Um, but when it comes to more personalized attacks, like what we saw with you know Russell Westbrook and like you know other instances, that's not the only one, but that's you know the first one that I think that jumps out to me. You know, especially in recent years. Um, and his interactions with with some of those fans, uh, not even from you know from Oklahoma City, but from other uh, fans across. Was at Utah, I think it was that he was playing uh, at Utah. Um, yeah, it was and, Utah. Yeah. So to that end, yes, I can see why certain players are are frustrated with the way fans treat them. Um, that being said, though, like there's there's no place for that kind of stuff. That being said, though, 
when you look at the gamesmanship of it, like, I mean, when you guys play, like when I played football uh, in high school, I was kind of a trash talker. I liked lining up against the person who I was, you know, supposed to block or whatever, because I played offensive line. Um, I would line up against someone and say, like, I'm going to kick your butt. You know, obviously it was a little more, you know, rated PG-13 than that. But, you know, I'm going to whoop you in a second, you know? And that I was hope like, so, because I'm going to kick your butt. Is not <laughs> at all. Oh, man. But, it, but me lined up, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, did you guys talk trash in, uh, in, in high school or, or college? Yeah, you got to. So, like, I'll let John answer that first. But like, I mean, when and when you did it, like, it was always, you know, obviously, like, there's a little bit of like m- malicious intent to it, just to get in the other person's head, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and when you look at it objectively, like, it's just the game, right? But I mean, some of the stuff that you said to you know some of your opponents, you wouldn't necessarily like, you know, repeat it and put into the public discourse, right? Yeah, well, you know, like, what do you think, Bob? What do you? Do you have something to say about that? So I, I definitely talk trash, but I was so I was smart about it. Okay. So what I would do is I would pick and choose who I would say and what I would say to them. Some people you can't talk trash to because they feed off of it. Right. So instead what I would do is if I play like a real big guy, you know, I'm an undersized center. So if I played against a real big guy, instead of talking trash, I would like compliment him. Because it takes this whole, it takes this whole like aggressive aspect away from it so you know i'm going to big guy. i'm like hey man you're strong you live today get him laugh and get him get him joking and then he's not as aggressive in the paint right so, i mean i feel like you could definitely trash talk and there's different ways to go about things but and i and i don't even know if like I, i'm still on subject or still on topic here i just wanted to share you know some, <laughs> some trash talking tips with you guys okay I, 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 i'm kind of lost right now but I want to share that with you because I've noticed that that has definitely worked for me, especially like playing against guys who are bigger than me and um, and things like that. Well, the reason the reason why I bring that up is because when you go to an opposing stadium, right? Like or like when you, even when you when you're a home when you're a home fan, right? Let's say you you go to a game, it's your favorite team, right? And they're playing an important game, right? I mean, the the Warriors and the Thunder, you know, they're not really rivals in terms of like competing right now, um, but they've had quite a few clashes in in playoff situations to the point where like you could say like, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely there definitely was some sort of rivalry there at one point, right? Yeah. So for for me as a fan, like it's the same reason why you boo, you know, when or you you yell and scream when a, when an opposing player is trying to make a free throw. You're trying to distract them. You try to get into their heads, you know. And to say that there, he was upset at the booing when he got to to Oklahoma City. You know, it's you're gonna do anything you can if you're a fan to get into the other team's head. If you feel like you you can even bring a little bit of that home you know court advantage and help your team out, you're gonna do it. There's no like there's no mal- you know malice to it. There's I don't know. To me, I think that's. I mean, it's a little soft, you know. I know Kevin Durant gets accused of that like pretty often, but to say like, "Oh, I can't believe the fans booed me when I got there." Like, of course they're gonna boo you. You're on a rival team now. You left their team, and you know if you're, it's no different than trash talking an opponent on the court. The the fans and the home court is is part of the opponent atmosphere, right? Very true. You know, and and I can understand like if you had personal relationships with people in the building that you know. uh 
that kind of soured because you left. Okay, I can understand why you would feel that way in that regard. But even then, like you're going to a rival. Yeah. Like, and it's, you know, I don't know how much heads up he gave to Oklahoma City brass before deciding to make his move to Golden State. But there's not a whole lot of forewarning you could give someone when you're going to say like, you know, that's like if, if your girlfriend said like, Hey, in a couple of weeks, you know, once free agency opens, I'm going to go leave you for your best friend. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, it's, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how much, how much yeah. advanced warning I'm getting. I'm not going to like it. Yeah. Cause you know? when you, cause when you choose to leave, you're basically saying there's an opportunity that's better. There's yeah. a team that's better out there for me. Right. It's not like you're getting traded because you see there's not too many situations where somebody chooses to leave a team. Like Kawhi, when he left, he got booed at San Antonio. Right. So it's it's like you made that decision to leave. Exactly. You, that you got to expect. And that team is immediately less competitive now than they used to be. Yeah. When with Kevin Durant leaving, and it's one of those, you know, it's one of those businesses where you need to have results. And if you're not winning games, uh, chances are you're going to be on the outs pretty soon from a coaching you know uh, perspective and even from a front office perspective yeah you know you have to win games so you're taking talent out of the building and potentially potentially food off the table of those people who were there yeah so you can't say oh it's not personal when it's affecting their livelihoods too you can't expect them to be oh it's all cool Kevin we're so happy that you joined you know a team that's gonna compete against us every every year for championships really great to hear it so now, get out of here. really competing for championships, though? Not now, but they were with when Kevin Durant was there. And even then, they were still making the playoffs, even when even after he left. Maybe not this season, you know. But Russ was still, you know, out there trying to give it his best. It wasn't great. You know, they weren't, I don't think, a, a title contender. But you could argue that not many teams were title contenders during that Warriors period anyway. Exactly. But at the end of the day... Talent's going out of the building, and I'm not. I'm not mad at people who are part of the organization saying I don't want anything to do with Kevin Durant anymore. And Russell will get a ovation. He will. Ovation. He absolutely will. So, anyways, I just even to though me, he's probably happier in Houston. I, of course he is. <laughs> of course he is. But you know, he honestly he gave, he gave his all to, to the franchise, and that's the thing too. I mean, he, they had that whole thing, the whole back and forth, and I mean, and Kevin Durant, and let, let's not forget his, you know, and this is this is the final point I'll make on this. Let's not forget his burner accounts talking smack about you know all these uh, all of these Oklahoma City people, you know, oh the, the the front office didn't do enough to get talent around him, and all the all the guys on the team were bums, and yada yada yada, and oh why didn't they give me a standing ovation when I got there? Oh why didn't anyone with my friend anymore? Hey, get listen, out of listen, here. Listen, listen. You can have your opinion, but what we're not going to do is we're not going to throw the voices and stuff like that, okay? He's still a DMV native. He's still KDMV. Let's be respectful. You have your opinion. And I won't be respectful. I'm tired of this guy. That's He's doubling down. I'm getting more mad as I'm talking about it. That's ridiculous. Get out of my face, Kevin Durant. I don't want to hear from you again. You're injured. Okay. Wow. You're, you want to stay out of the... No, no, no. See, this is the part that gets me... people don't have a boy? No, it's not that. I'm telling you right now. And this is, this is, this is, this is again, this is the final point I'll make on this, okay? Kevin Durant, the first, the first thing in this article, okay? The first thing in this Wall Street Journal article is talking about how he hates the circus of it, and he hates this, and he hates the whole dog and pony show when it comes to the NBA. And I get it. But you know what? Right now, you're injured. No one, it's the off season. No one has any reason to talk to you. But what do you do? You get out in front of the media and you do a whole feature thing. 
in the Wall Street Journal. Okay? It's September. But what was wrong? You with don't want people talking about you? You don't want people talking about the NBA? Stop doing exposés in Wall Street Journal. How about that? You have the entire offseason to slip into the shadows, do your thing, do your rehab, and not come back till next season. You have a whole year because no one really cares about the Nets. I'm sorry. Yes, they, they may have gotten better over this offseason, but you can't tell me this year they're going to compete for a championship. Oh, yes, they are. In the East, they're going to be they're one of the best teams in the East. Okay, they're one of the best teams in the East, which the East is worse than the West. Okay. But they're but not the best team in the East, come, though. All you have to do is come out of the East. If, but they're not going to come out of the East. Uh, barring barring catastrophic injury, they're not coming out of the East. Not with Kevin Durant injured. Oh, yeah, not with Kevin Durant injured. But once Kyrie and uh, once Kevin Durant is healthy, right. that, team is, that team is filthy. I'm talking about the season. I'm not talking like future. Like I'm saying Brooklyn is not winning a championship this season. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, this season? Okay, that's fine. So they have no, like, there, there's no reason. If you don't like the whole media circus, this, that, and the other, with, with that comes with being in the NBA, you have literally, from the minute you decided to sign with the Brooklyn Nets until next season, when the season starts, to take a nice, relaxing break from the media and work on your, your, your rehab. You have no reason to be in the building except for to, you know, to clap on the sidelines with your teammates in a suit and tie. That's all. That's the only thing you have to do if you're Kevin Durant. But instead, he complains about the media while doing a full feature presentation in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, but do you think he called the media over to Brooklyn to have a conversation with them? No. I'm sure they were in the building and like, oh, you got to answer the questions. Look, you're not going to No, he doesn't have to answer what's these the questions. Topic? I'm talking about... What's the next topic? We're not going to keep disrespecting Durant like this, okay? This is making me upset. Somebody's got to fight back for, for Durant. And I'm not okay with it. You can cape up for your boy all you want. <laughs> but the guy, I'm sorry. I'm so tired of him. You can't have your cake and eat it too. I'm just saying. All right. Why? What's the point of having the cake then? If I eat it. You can Who eat the cake, cake on display? but you can't eat it and also have it. Once you That's eat it, it's anything. done. You've eaten it. That's key the music. What food can you have and eat it too? You can't have any food and eat it too, but cake is All the best right, example then. I have. No, that that whole phrase is upsetting. Can and you the have fact your that cake? You disrespected Kevin Durant, and then you did that on the fr- and then you use that phrase. I'm upset. That's like that's Bubby's like most hated uh, cliche, I think. Right? Isn't it? Oh my! No, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> that that turn of phrase, which is often stupid, because how do you turn a phrase? Anyways, that that really pisses me off. I hate when people say that you can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, get the cake out of my face, then, if I can't eat it. <laughs> All right. Now you're upset at me, John. I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. Do we want to talk about this uh, NFL matchup that's supposed to be, I guess, today when the podcast airs, but it's Thursday Night Football. Carolina Panthers and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I saw some film from Cam Newton, and he he doesn't look great. I'm going to be honest. No. He was like like some throws that he's made in the past with precision accuracy kind of floated on him a lot. And you can argue that it might have been because he didn't get really any work in the preseason. And I hope that's the case because I, I love watching Cam Newton play. He's one of those guys where he's, you know, six foot, what, six and 250 pounds. And he's like a freaking gazelle out there and he makes all the throws or he used to be able to make all the throws. But I was I was legitimately worried watching uh, some of some of the tape on him because so, like I said some of the throws he he's used to making on a very consistent basis he was missing all over the field 
And yeah. the the Bucks team is is hasn't been great. Uh, they didn't play very well last game against the the Forty ers Jameis Winston uh, had some issues uh, throwing the ball to the other team and then returning it for touchdowns. That tends to uh, to put a damper on things. They Although, threw a couple of touchdowns that game. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but Bruce Arians came out and said that uh, those uh, at least one or two of those interceptions of the three he had. Uh, I don't know if it was one of the pick sixes. I, at least one of them had to have been the pick six. Um, but uh, that they weren't entirely uh, Jameis's fault. So I don't know. I I like to give Jameis the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways because he can throw the football when he gets into like into a groove. But we've seen it so many times before where he's just like he's not accurate with the football, and he makes these yeah. decisions because he tries to to score twenty points on a single throw. You know, and he just gets into this hero ball, and it's you know. Hopefully, Bruce Arians can can fix some of that, right? If you're the if you're the if you're the Buccaneers, you know. But I think this is going to be a weird game. I think it's going to be very Christian McCaffrey focused on the on the Panthers side, um, and I don't think that right now with uh, with Vita Vea not playing right now for the uh, for the Buccaneers, they're not going to be able to do a whole lot against the run. I don't think, but. It, it remains to be seen. Do we have any any predictions for for Thursday night football? Do we want to? Yeah, I'm not gonna say we throw some money on it. You know, it's entertainment purposes only. <laughs> no, it's funny that you say Christian McCaffrey because Cam Newton um, has came out in an interview. Okay, and he stated that um, the coach must have Christian McCaffrey on the fantasy team <laughs> because the the offense is really targeted around him. Which I think he was joking. I you know. You can tell that he was, you know, making light of the situation. Right. Um, but, you know, if they are targeting towards Christian McCaffrey, as they should, he's their best player now. Right. Cam Newton has had so many injuries. He's had the shoulder. You know, he just had this recent um, foot injury. Uh, ankle, yeah, believe, foot, yeah, foot yeah. injury. Um, you know, in the preseason, of course, we're going to our best player. He's healthy. He, he can score the ball. He's a stud. Um, I want to get, I think, Cam Newton was making light of the situation. I think he was kind of joking around, which I thought was funny. Yeah, you know? Cam Newton's always been a, a guy who who likes to crack jokes and stuff, especially with like with yeah. the media and all that. So I don't I don't necessarily put too much stock into it. I, but they always say like some of those jokes kind of come with a little kernel of truth, where like he might be a little oh, yeah. upset that you know on the goal line they're having uh, Christian McCaffrey take direct snaps and faking uh, <laughs> the ball to Cam for the for the goal line score. But to me, that just I'm excited, you know, number one, because I'm a Christian McCaffrey owner uh, in fantasy, much like Ron Rivera, apparently. Uh, but the the thing is that he's taken so many licks over the years where he's gotten injured, he's gotten concussed, he's gotten these shoulder problems because he's been, you know, a tank out there and he's been, in a lot of respects, their, their only offense. You know, I mean, they've had halfway decent running backs during Cam Newton's tenure, but Jonathan Stewart isn't as good as Christian McCaffrey is, has never been as good no. as Christian McCaffrey is. At least not as versatile. Uh, not as versatile. I think he, I think in his earliest career when he, uh, you know, he was definitely. Yeah, a, I, a good I, downhill I runner, sure, with good vision. I, yeah. can, I can see that. But I just think that Christian McCaffrey is on, the, on an upward trajectory and offers oh, a lot sure. more versatility than Jonathan Stewart ever did. And they're, they're, uh, receivers now, I think, are uh, are the best. Is the receivers right now? The receiving core is the best that it's been. Uh, I think that since since Cam Newton got in the league, I mean, he had you know tail end, you know, Steve Smith for I think one year before he uh, decided to go to Baltimore, uh, or I guess I think he was traded to Baltimore. You know, and he had like Devin Funches out there who I don't think is very good. Uh, he's a big yeah. body, but he's not. I mean, he's not very quick. He's not. Yeah. 
And again, like you, you can't sit there and, and say, oh, they're not using me enough if you're not making the throws that you need to make. I, if I'm the offensive coordinator, I'm seeing that Cam Newton is flowing some of his, you know, his out routes. I'm not going to have him do out routes, <laughs> you know, until he but, figures but it out. Camp, but to Cam's defense, and I, I, you know, I just like playing devil's advocate. I mean, like you said, his wide receivers are better than they have been in sure. the past. He finally has a deep threat in DJ Moore. Like, you know, and that was his main thing was like, hey, I'm, maybe that's why I'm not getting to throw the deep ball. I think there has to be a fair balance. Because what happens is you become too predictable. Once again, it's only week one. I have Chris McCaffrey on my fantasy team as well. So I def- I'm hoping and I'm praying that they continue to <laughs> the utilize ball. him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like it. Yeah. But I guess to Cam's, to Cam's defense, you know, I'm, if, if you're going to play me and I'm healthy, you've got to let me play my game a little bit. You know, let, let me do some things that I know I can do. Right. And, you know, you got DJ Moore, let, let's use him. Let's see what he can do. Let's throw it deep a little bit. But it's week one, people. Let's not, let's not go crazy. You yeah, know? I agree. And, and like I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to him taking – I want him to have success because I think that Cam Newton is a, a good enough player. You know, I mean, he's, he's been competitive. He's been, you know, to a Super Bowl already. Um, I, it would be sad, you know, like honestly, like legitimately like sad – if a guy who is has been as talented as Cam Newton has been, you know, is already on the decline uh, now that he's got a team around him that could actually win some games. Because yeah. again, I just I love watching him play. I've seen him, you know, firsthand on Thursday Night Football tear my Dolphins apart. I think that was either last year or the year before. It was really, really bad. I watched I watched a six foot six, two hundred and sixty pound man outrun linebackers and and some defensive backs. <laughs> In, in the Dolphins secondary uh and it yeah. was it, it was upsetting and then honestly like it's one of those things where you're like you're sad and then you laugh because you're like you know what you have to you can't help but be impressed by it you know yeah. so I, I I really want Cam Newton to just maybe maybe he tweaked his you know throwing mechanics or something in the offseason to try to like be uh, a, a better more consistent passer in the pocket and he's just not uh He's still trying to figure out, you know, his placement and stuff like that with with his new mechanics. Um, but if if it continues to to be what it was in week one, I think he might just have to go back to his old mechanics and ride it out. But maybe he just did that because you know his shoulders is on the way out, and that's he needs to clean it up. And in that case, then it's it's sad because he just really needs to to nail it down and and, and get it going. Because like like I said, he's got good receivers. DJ Moore's there, Curtis Samuel's there, you know, and they're pretty solid. Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield has been really good. Um, you know, Greg Olson, you know, he's I think he's on the injury report right now with uh, with a back injury, but I think that might just be to to hold him out of uh, of you know contact practice on on a short week. So if if the team can stay healthy, I, I see no reason why they they can't be one of the top teams in in that division. You know, maybe compete for a wild card spot. Obviously, they're you know going against New Orleans and uh, <laughs> in Atlanta, um, which is obviously a very tough division. And you know the Bucks the Bucks have a solid offense with a lot of weapons too. You know, so I think it'll be a fun game. Do we have do we have an over uh, a, a score uh, prediction for either of you, John? Uh, I'm gonna give the Bucks. 17. I got the Panthers winning. I'm going to give the Bucks 17. And then the Panthers probably 24. I was just about to say 24. <laughs> yeah. Bobby, you got one? Um, I got I got Bucks scoring 
one touchdown, two field goals. Um, well, actually, that's too much. You don't have them scoring 13 <laughs> points? I don't think they could hit two field goals if we're going to be completely honest. No, they have a – who's that new guy there? They have a, don't they have um, – God, what's his name? Uh, I think it's. I think his last name is Gay. Um, what's his name? Listen, man? don't be a homophobe, okay? If no, it's come on, it man. His name, his <laughs> actual last name is Gay. Come on, don't put that on me. No, I just did. I got. I. You know what? I'm gonna stick to that. I'm gonna stick to my guessing. I got. I got the Bucks 13, but I got the Panthers. I got Christian McCaffrey touchdown, touchdown to the wide receiver. I got Bucks 24, 13. You're the Bucks Buck winning 24-13? I'm sorry, Panthers 24-13. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, I was going to say, what? All right. Um, Panthers 24-13. Okay, so both of you have the Panthers scoring 24. Um, You know, I'm going to say, because I don't think the Bucks defense is very good at all. Um, So I'm going to say Panthers 31. Um, But I'm going to say that the Buccaneers... I'm going to say the Buccaneers score 28. Ooh, 28 points by the Bucs? Yeah, I think, I mean, they have a good offense, man. I think that if they can finally get Ronald Jones the ball a little more consistently, I think he'll be a lot better. I think that uh, he's the most talented back in that backfield. Um, they have uh, Daria Ogumbawale, who's like their third down guy, who, you know, it looks pretty good catching passes out of the backfield. And they have Peyton Barber kind of just there to. Uh, to, in my opinion, to throw off Ronald Jones, but I guess he's a, a really good uh, pass blocking back. Um, but I mean, they have Chris Godwin. They've got Mike Evans, obviously, who I think should be healthier this time around. I think he had a like the flu or, or strep throat or something like that. Yeah, he, um, said he was throwing up. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So I think that with a couple more days of rest, I think that he'll be okay for for this game. Uh, which, which I mean, it's Thursday, but it's tonight when this podcast airs. Uh, I think he'll be okay. Um, plus they still have OJ Howard, Cameron Bray had a couple of, uh, a couple of touchdowns last game called back, uh, because of penalties. So they have, they have weapons, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they, uh, if they go out and score 28 points, I still think they'll lose to the Panthers, but I think that okay. you know, Panthers 31 bucks, 28 is not, a is not too far of a, uh, of a conclusion to draw. I like so. that actually. All righty. With that. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, end on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Somewhat Sports. You can catch uh, the show on Instagram and Twitter at Somewhat Sports. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at John Dennis Radio. That's J O N Dennis Radio. John, where can they find you, man? At J O Williams Five on Instagram. Not on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> and for you, Bubby. Y'all know Bub. No, literally, y'all know Bub. It's Y A L K N O underscore B-U-B-B-S. Wow. So everybody else gets to say their, their <laughs> handle, and we don't use any soundboards. Now I drop my handle, and we have an issue. Okay. You know what? You get a new toy, and you don't know how to act. That's your problem. <laughs> oh, sorry. You know, I, I, I probably should have done a... So when, when, uh, when I decided to do my Twitter and Instagram, maybe I should have had one of these, maybe? A little bit of a... Oh, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. You're too kind. You're too kind. (laughs) Was that good? Did you like that? (laughs) I did. I'm not going to lie, but I think someone else has to get the soundboard because you're only showing love to yourself. (laughs) It's all about self-love, man. (laughs) That's fine. If you don't, no one else will. Exactly.
Exactly. So I do want to get the the soundboard a little more involved uh, going forward. We're gonna continue to add some more uh, sound effects and stuff like that. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, one of these days we'll have John back on this side of the glass, and we'll ha- we'll give him control of the uh, of the uh, <laughs> of the sound effects board. <laughs> Just run a wire through the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. So, anyways, thank you again for listening to uh, this episode of Somewhat Sports. Can't forget uh, to mention Dwayne Wade, and uh, you have a great week. Oh, oh my god. <laughs>